This podcast brought to you by Daddy Jam's Time Space Mixes. You can listen at mixcloud.com slash daddy jams. Daddy Jam's Time Space Mixes. Welcome to TBF, a Browns fans podcast. And they had a chance to start three and one three years in a row, and it just couldn't couldn't get it done. And it all comes down to a bad decision on the first drive. Because, you know, with all the scoring that went on subsequent to that, if you'd have had those three points, that's a tie game going into overtime, right? Sure is. Sure is. Sure Um, is undeniable. This is Kevin Stefanski falling in love with his pass game to the detriment of his friend game? Maybe. What say? Okay. Okay, you're breaking up bad. I can't hear you. I said, who knows? Oh, (laughs) Kevin knows. Kevin knows. But anyway, let's talk about these Browns and their their debacle in Atlanta and the upcoming game against the Chargers, the number one passing offense in the league. They'll never be able to withstand our defensive backfield, right? Well, right? we're getting Greedy Williams back, right? Right. 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 So here it is, TBF, a Browns fans podcast. Getting in to the discussion. Um, you know, as usual, guys, I'm gonna hit you up with some uh some headlines first, okay? Oh, oh, by the way, here's one for you, Jeff. Totally unrelated to the game, but I think you might be interested. Nike releases Cleveland Browns themed Air Zoom Pegasus 39 sneakers. Oh, really? Yeah. Only $99. Yeah. No, they're $139. I found them on the uh, either NFL or Cleveland Browns site for ninety nine. Well, they they must be on sale because they 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 the new <clears throat> kicks arrived on Fanatics.com on Wednesday with a retail price of one thirty nine ninety nine. Air zooms, Pegasus, yeah, they're expensive. Yeah, couldn't yeah. find the orange ones, but they did have them in all white with orange accents. Browns list five players on initial injury report for injury report for Chargers week. We'll be looking at that. Um, Cleveland Browns uh, cornerback Greedy Williams designated to return from injured reserves, eligible to play against the Chargers. All right, Miles Garrett returned to the practice field today. Yes, sir. And we're going to get to look at how. 
Well, no, no, we won't. You know, screw you, Cleveland.com. Once again, they do it every they do it to me every week. There's an article that I'll post in the TBF Nation magazine on flipboard.com. You can get to those magazines at flipboard.com slash daddy jams. Um, and you know, I'll read the article and say, Wow, that's real good. I'll pull that up in the um, you know, and we'll go to that during the podcast and and then, of course, I pull it up during the podcast and it says now I have to be an insider to read it. But I read this shit yesterday. OK, but I guess it's, it's like screw you, Cleveland.com. Yeah, you, oh. you need to subscribe. The, no, I don't. Uh, the Browns <laughs> plan to to sign Pharaoh Brown, recently cut by the Houston, Texas, formerly a tight end on the Cleveland Browns and. I guess with the only tight ends you got being in Joku and Harrison Bryant, another tight end in the fold is not going to be a bad thing. No. Uh, and uh, hey, hey, film room. Sioni Takitaki is a consistent positive presence for the Browns. Consistent positive presence. I, I like it. I mean, I like that's. It. I'll take that. And uh, so here we go. I'm going to start. So I'm going to start the discussion by just going to this because I think I think this is a little bit informative. This is an article on Brown's Wire, um, written by Corey Kinnon on October 4th, and it's a uh, upon further review. Five points that stood out after rewatching Browns versus Falcons, which and I've rewatched the game twice, and yeah, I came away feeling the same way both times. Let's see what this guy's got to say. Still still reeling from the loss to the Atlanta Falcons, I had to take another look at the tape for the Cleveland Browns. The All-22 is out and available for consumption, so why not take a deeper look at what went wrong? It was just as ugly as the first time around. <laughs> but putting the game under a microscope helps to pull away some more details that were missed when watching the game from a broadcast view. After diving in, what were five points that stood out the most after getting eyes on the trash heap, this trash heap of a game? Oh, my God. Uh, for the second time? Uh, okay, here's the list. Three stars who stood out in the Browns' loss to the Falcons. Donovan Peoples-Jones, <clears throat> Harrison Bryan, and Jacoby Brissett. Nick Chubb also. Mm, well, oh, okay. I'm, I, I'm not. I can't. I can't speak for this guy. I'm reading this guy's analysis of the game. Okay. All right. Donovan. Uh, where is it? The Falcons came back to a similar concept, but picked a, picked on a different linebacker. Early in the game, the Falcons came out looking to attack the Browns sitting in cover three. Crossers are excellent <clears> concepts <throat> to push cornerbacks downfield and clear out space underneath for the crosser to find green grass. Except second-year linebacker Jim Jeremiah Owusu-Koromora's instincts told him to turn and run and match the crosser. He was able to identify tight end Kyle Pitts and break up the pass. Owusu-Koromora was a bright spot for the Browns on Sunday. Falcons ran the same concept later in the game, this time putting linebacker Jacob Phillips in conflict. This was called a blown coverage by many, 
but it was really just Atlanta head coach Arthur Smith calling the ideal play against the ideal coverage. I'll say that. <clears throat> the secondary I, is hitting their stride. And, and if you'll notice, the problem with the defense against the Falcons was not the secondary. It was the fucking tackling. It's like we forgot how. Uh, yeah, they we ran couldn't tackle a running back to save our lives. No, we couldn't. It was a, it was just pitiful. Okay, and here's one that I think. Here's one that I think my review where I agree with this guy. His 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 point. Red zone play calling was yeah, it was as egregious as it looked. and his Uh, final point his final point there's a lot of arguments to go after Joe Woods and say fire this guy fire this guy but believe it or not this was not the game to use as your case in point no no and here's what he says defensive road coordinator Joe Woods called his most exotic game of the season defensively He did a great job of bringing disguised pressures, rotating safeties, and keeping Mariota on his toes. However, at some point, the players that are forced on the field are going to play like they were forced on the field. (laughs) Missing almost the entirety of the interior defensive line, the Browns were forced to play a second-year day three pick in Tommy Togiai, a practice squad player in Isaac Rochelle, a third-round rookie being uh, thrown into a trial by fire in Alex Wright, and a couple of day three rookies in Perion Winfrey and Isaiah Thomas. So the point he's making would be the point I would make that while what you saw looked like, oh my God, we can't fucking tackle. Keep in mind that Who was playing the right. defensive line was was a shadow of its actual self. And um, listen. Hats off to Arthur Smith, because I will tell you what he did. He he actually put on a clinic for the Browns of actually how they should conduct themselves in third quarters. Third quarter, late third quarter, early fourth quarter, when you're trying to chew clock up. How about a 10 play drive? No passes. <laughs> how, how about it? And yeah. why, and, and why, I, I've asked myself, I'm sure you guys did. Why, after they did that, after they went 10 straight plays, all runs, scored a touchdown, why did we not come out and do the same damn thing? Yeah, why did they abandon that? It worked. No, I mean, no, no. What? They, we, did, we didn't abandon it. We never did it. We never did I was, it. I was actually talking to somebody about that. We first drive, we passed on the first like three first downs straight. We passed. Yeah, I know. First, first, I mean, first, first, uh, first play from scrimmage, a pass. I mean, like, so my my you're thing you're is, fooling them. He was trying to fool them. Yeah. Well, well here's my thing. I said <laughs> I think I mentioned this on the last podcast. We're set playing good, and if that would make Kevin Stefanski revert the play calling, you know what I mean? Because he gets spoiled by the good quarterback play. And I think that's exactly what you saw. Atlanta played the way that we should have. 
Okay. Right. We should have exactly. ran it down their throat. There was no reason not to. Chubb was re- averaging over six yards a carry that game, if I remember correctly. There's no reason <clears throat> that we shouldn't have just pounded. You know, and let's face it. Atlanta looked at the film and they saw how you know how our replacement guys were doing, and they figured, hey, let's run the ball. <laughs> Why not? And they did it, and they did it well. And without without the services for the most part of Cordero Patterson. Right. Okay, they took a guy, that guy that ran, I think, seven of the ten run plays. Okay, he was activated off the practice squad that week, guys. Oh, wow, that is... Well... That's, that's, that... First of all, that's that's some ballsy play calling, okay? Yeah. But what they were doing was looking to get back in the game, and he knew what we knew. And that was that the defensive line was the weak spot on the field for our defense that day. Yep, sure was. And he was like, run that fucking ball. And they did. And keep in mind, that was that ensued right after we had intercepted Mariota, marched down the field and got a field goal. Yeah, we're watching the film. We're watching the game uh, on game day. And it's just like, you know, that starts happening. And you're like, what the hell? What in the blue fuck just happened? That's right. Two. Wow. Uh, it's, kudos, it's, kudos to Atlanta, I guess, you know. I mean, to be exact, I was right. Chubb averaged 6.2 yards per carry last game. There was no reason not to give him the bulk of the carries, the bulk of the offense, just like we've <clears throat> been doing. I don't know why they changed it up. Yeah, I hadn't commented much of you talking. I am. Mm-hmm. I know we have some... There's some good things that happened. Still, some teams lost, so we're still on top of the division. I'm just very disappointed about dropping their game that we definitely should have won. And, and I think it's a game we needed, guys. I mean, every win at this point prior to the potential return, or I I should say debut of Deshaun Watson, um, every win we can stack is needed. Yeah, because we're getting the brunt of our schedule in the next few games here. Right. So, uh, Ivory Harris of Cleveland.com set out, as they do, and I don't know that it's Ivory Harris every week, but somebody writes the article, winners and losers from this week. So, here's a good one. Loser, winning time of possession. The final results was 23-20 in favor of Atlanta, but the time of possession from both teams gives a different perspective. The Falcons possessed the ball for only 24 minutes and 16 seconds, while the Browns possessed it for 35-44. That's a total of 11 minutes and 28 seconds longer than the Falcons, almost a full quarter of football, and the result was still a loss. The Browns lead the league, lead the league in average time of possession with 35-38 per game. But a longer, period of, a longer period of possessing the ball should result in tiring out the opposing defense and working a slower yet efficient offense. Still, the Browns are 2-2. Two and two. Mm. Winner, winner, Nick Chubb. The Cedartown Georgia native played his professional game in his home state played his first professional game in his home state with at least 50 family members present. Georgia Bulldog nice. fans and Cedartown High School students in attendance. 
and he played sturdy, if I must say, even when the Falcons' defense held him to 68 yards, 68 rushing yards off of 14 carries through the game's first 45 minutes. Well, his broad shoulders never let up, forcing multiple Falcons defenders to jump on top and take him down. But the quarter, but the fourth quarter is when Nick Chubb made his strongest mark this season. The last 15 minutes of Sunday's game saw Chubb carry the ball five times for 50 yards, including a 28-yard touchdown to give Cleveland a 2017 lead with 9.51 left in the game. Whoa. The four-time Pro Bowler looked anything but that during Sunday's loss. The wide receiver put up a, oh, no, that loser, Amari Cooper. And listen, I will just say this. Having had two 100-yard multiple catch games in a row, I think Arthur Smith and the Falcons' defensive scheme was, you know, you're not going to stop Nick Chubb. You can do what you can to try to stop him, but definitely stop Amari Cooper. And well, that, yeah, they did that. Well, that, and I think I've, I, I, I noticed a little bit, okay? And I think it's a little obvious, and I think it's just one of the shortcomings of Brissett at this point, is he focuses in on Cooper, okay? And that's not necessarily a bad thing. They got a chemistry thing going, you know? Yeah, oh, I didn't see much of it pad this past no, Sunday. No, not that past Sunday. Not this past Sunday, you didn't. No. But they obviously have a chemistry thing going. And Oh, yeah. I think, like, Kevin Stefanski has got in on, he, he got a little anxious with Brissett doing well. And I don't want to knock Brissett. Brissett at this point, to me, has, it feels like he's playing better than we expected he needed to play for us to win. Okay? To, in my opinion. Okay? He's been yes. better. Okay? But his shortcoming is showing. Look, I know the very first time he he was forced to forced to pass it downfield was a very bad situation in that second week. Okay, so I'm not right. blaming him. Right, that that, okay? that 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 was the end of the game interception, and it came after the debacle. Right, but this past week, that one, this one, feels well, that a was just a bad. That's choice. just a bad decision. It's a bad yeah. decision. Yeah, shouldn't have th- shouldn't have thrown that one. Yeah. Right. And, and I've noticed we have not passed downfield much at all with Brissett. Brissett is a very accurate quarterback thus far, okay? He really doesn't make bad decisions. But I'm starting to think those not making the bad decisions, not going downfield, is it a little bit of him not trusting himself going downfield? Because he just does not do it I much. At just, all. I'm going to be real honest with you. I think that the rap on Brissett always has been that he's not a long ball quarterback. Yeah, I mean, and I'm giving him on it. He's not an inaccurate quarterback or anything. He does good what he's no. doing, okay? His, but, think, but his long ball leaves a little bit to be desired in terms of accuracy, guys. I mean, well, let's I just be you. honest because even, I mean, even the ones where he's connected, they've been some fairly athletic catches. Yeah, no, nah, I'm not disputing that at all. So what I'm saying is when Watson does come, you can see where there can be some major improvement. Oh, yeah, okay. absolutely. And that's the long game. We have receivers for the long game, and we have not explored it this year at all. Yeah, yeah. I, all in all, though, I still like Brissett. And his, okay. his numbers aren't bad. And here's an aside for you guys. And just keep your eye on this ball, too, as the time goes on. Um, next week, Deshaun Watson will be able to be in the facility. He won't be able to practice till November, Okay. 
Um, but he'll be in the facility, so he can be doing film. He can be doing a lot of things, you know, conditioning and other stuff. Um, but and just that 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 little note that keeps coming out is that he will be eligible to return if he's met the requirements. Okay, right. and I just I just saying that it will not shock me at all if there's this technicality at the time that Deshaun hasn't and I'm using my Dr. Eva finger quotes here met the requirements okay one would think that the Browns are monitoring that very closely one though. would think that the Browns don't have a goddamn diddly thing to do with the decision of whether he's met the requirement that's no, the I problem that. the league but office least- makes that the league office is going to make that determination and no matter yeah, how much and the, you're right. And no matter how much the Browns monitor or don't, that's not gonna influence the league office's determination. No, I, I just say that from the standpoint of at least they're I, you would think they were doing their due diligence in making yeah, sure. Yeah, one he, would have thought they did their due diligence in the first place. I mean, this is the same people that told us they did their due diligence on the whole Deshaun Watson thing in the first place. And that's okay. if if that's due diligence, guy, don't do it for me, okay? If that, <laughs> I mean, just saying, yeah. I don't. That, that's if that's due diligence. I don't. If I ever need due diligence done, I'm not coming to find your ass, okay? Well, in the conversation that was in this position, you'd think they'd be hands on with this guy now, you know? No, they can't. No, they literally cannot. They literally cannot until next week have any contact with him at all. Okay, it's it's not it's not legal for them to. Okay, <laughs> they, they they can't. That's okay. part of that's part of the whole suspension thing. <clears throat> and Big Kevin Stefanski, <laughs> if he is if he is talking to Deshaun Watson, he better not get in front of a mic and say it anywhere. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Hey, hey, change of subject. Did you see that end around with Njoku? Oh my God! What Who the, the hell, hell that? does that? Who does an end around with a tight end? Come on! I mean, you it's not Anthony like Schwartz. he's Travis Kelsey. Okay. Yeah, why wasn't Anthony Schwartz in there for that? What did he do? Something bad or something? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anthony Schwartz didn't appear to play the whole game, as far as I know. Yeah, I didn't see him in the whole game. Bell was out there. I didn't see Schwartz. And I think Bell was in, but you know, wait, am I am I correct in assuming this? Let's see. Oh, Jerome Ford, the running back, been placed on IR. Uh, And they released Curtis Weaver from the practice squad. Oh, my God. What are we going to do without Curtis Weaver? (laughs) And uh, here, okay, so here's an opinion piece, guys, from, from, uh, oh, come on, give me the name. Marla Ridenour of the Akron Beacon Journal. Cleveland Browns coach Kevin Stefanski's seat is warming, and deservedly so. Browns uh, coach Kevin Stefanski's seat is getting warmer. His play-calling decisions that have invited second-guessing cost the Browns in both of their losses, including Sunday's 23-20 setback in Atlanta. Continuing problems with blown coverages on defense and blunders on special teams, the latter kept to a relative minimum against the Falcons, save for Ronnie Harrison downing a punt 
uh, one bounce too soon. And that, that I don't, I don't think that made a difference. That was the difference between the 10 yard line and inside the five though. Anytime you can get a punt inside the five, you want to try to do it. Um, but our ultimately Stefanski's responsibility, he hired coordinators, Joe Woods and Mike Prefer and their bond runs deep. Stefanski spending eight years with both during his 14 seasons with the Vikings. Against a team they should have beaten in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the Browns units were far more un, were the more undisciplined, committing seven penalties for 51 yards to the Falcons, one for only 15 yards. The Browns' gauntlet begins when the Chargers visit Sunday. The Browns have played the fourth easiest schedule in the league thus far, according to ESPN's power. Uh, football power index, but now face the second toughest stretch of games before December with five opponents in the FBI's top eight. Well, and this, like the, the toughest schedule is another team in our division, isn't it? If I remember right. Say again? And then the toughest schedule, we got the t- second toughest, and I think the toughest is another team in our division. Is it, yeah, I is think it, it might be the Steelers. Yeah. They they play Buffalo next, if I'm not mistaken. Well, yeah, we got them on our schedule too, though. So, Crimey River. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there too. Yeah, we're gonna get there. A season that hinged on a three and one start seems destined for a rocky road. The question is whether it will be beyond saving by the time starting quarterback Deshaun Watson is scheduled to return from the NFL suspension on December fourth, following allegations of sexual misconduct and 24 civil lawsuits. I love how they have to always throw that in. Uh, considering mm-hmm. <laughs> the unpredictable hirings and firings and of co-owners G, Jimmy and D. Haslam, some elements of doubt about the 2020 NFL Coach of the Year could be creeping into their minds. It's hard to gauge the Haslam's frustration. What should what should temper any panic is that three teams in the AFC North are two and two, and the Pittsburgh Steelers are one and three. Going into Monday night, the Browns boast the league's second best rushing attack. Uh, oh, oh, and we play on Monday night against the Chargers, guys? Oh. No, we play 1 o'clock on Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, so they're just saying going into Monday night. The Browns boast the league's second-best rushing attack with 187.3 yards per game, the fourth-best offense with 384.8 yards per game, and we're tied for sixth in scoring at 26.3 points a game. That's laudable considering backup quarterback Jacoby Brissett has thrived in Stefanski's offense without a proven receiver behind four-time pro bowler Amari Cooper. But there were troubling signs against the Falcons. On three first-half possessions inside Atlanta's four-yard lines, the Browns managed only 10 points. In the first two quarters, 11 plays from the Falcons, 11 or inside, gained 17 yards. Offset by a 10-yard holding penalty on right guard Wyatt Teller. The Browns' running game was rolling in Nick Chubb's homecoming game, but with the score tied at 20 and 7-19 remaining, four of the seven plays called on the next series were passes. The last two incomplete as the drive stalled at the Atlanta 44. Playing without three starting defensive linemen, including Pro Bowlers Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney, Stefanski eschewed a field goal on the fourth and three from the Atlanta four on the opening series. With no one open, Brissett's high pass to tight end David Njoku was incomplete. And, and again, to me, 
That was the tail of the tape, guys. That, I knew when that happened that that shit was going to come back to bite us. You know, and everybody in the room pretty much, well, some people did, but uh, said, why did they not go for the three points? Why did you leave that off the board? You never take points off the board. And, and those were points on the board. Our, our field goal kicker at that point is six for six on field goals, okay? He's only, he's only missed two kicks this year, and they were both extra points, not field goals, okay? Mm-hmm. Right. I, you know, yeah. I don't get that. I mean, you got that act. We have a field goal kicker now. I, for There's one, no am, reason not to trust it. I, for one, am fed up with hearing Stefanski at a press conference after the game saying, that's on me. I'm really tired of that shit. Anyway, well, I want to open up the floor to you guys. Let it out. Tell me your feelings about what the fuck that was. Well, my my dismay started, of course, with, with with not taking the field goal and 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 going for it and and not making it. Um, I I saw a lot of things that I liked. I liked Brissett. I liked the running game. Why we abandoned it after we did so well <clears throat> in the one you know late in the fourth quarter? I'm not sure. Uh, I I just thought that at least. Even though we had a makeshift line <clears throat> with, uh, I thought that with Perry and Winfrey there, that uh, they might have been a little bit better. But th- those holes were ridiculous that they were able to create the uh, Atlanta front line to allow that running game. And they just ran it down our but, throat. But what they After did, that. what they did is we're going to run the ball. Okay. Our quarterback just threw an interception. You guys scored points off of it. We are going to run this ball. We're going to possess this thing. We're going to kill some time. And and we're going to run it until you stop us. Right. And, and Why even, won't the Browns ever do that? And this and this is my this is my uh point that I constantly bring up with people I talk with. Any other team in the NFL, pretty much, especially the Pittsburgh Steelers, if they had our running game they would use it way more effectively. Chubb, 20 to 25 times. Hunt, 15 to 20 times. That's what you should be doing every game, no, you know, without fail. And then when you do that, and this is, I'm preaching to the choir here, when you do that, you open up the passing game in many ways in many dimensions. You know, I, mean, I haven't all- seen a better tandem of backs since all Stoughton done. Okay. Right. It's been a long time. I mean, I mean you I, know, you, you think Mac and Biner when you see these guys. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this, like, because I haven't, I haven't really made a comment to that. Um, what I saw in the game was sort of the same thing you guys saw with the fourth down thing. I'm not mad about them going on the fourth down. I'm being realistic and brutal about it. I'm mad about them not converting it. If you're going to do it, you got to convert. If you're going to do it one like that, you got to come on point blank. I mean, you're Um, on the one yard line. Why just not take the fucking field goal? I'm not, I'm not disputing that as my point is if you're going to do it, you have to, but but let me just say this about fourth down conversions for the Browns. 
everyone they've converted has been on a Jacoby Brissett sneak. So when we're at point blank range to get a touchdown, instead of doing that, instead of doing that, they pulled that other shit that didn't work. What play did they run on that? What play? What play did they run? I, it was a pass play. Was it not? They should have run the ball. That's what I thought. I thought it was a pass play. Why not just run it or quarterback sneak it? If you're, if you're going to commit, I'm just saying. Yeah. If you're okay, gonna, but, yeah. but back to the point I was trying to make. I mean, last season, the Chargers at one point in the season were all over news and stuff because they kept losing games and they were blaming it on the fourth downs, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Now, Chargers won, did, had some of the most fourth down attempts. I think they were third in the league last year. This yes. year, we are, we are fourth in the league, tied with them with nine, okay? The difference wow. is... Okay. The difference is you have to, if you don't convert them, it's going to look bad. If you convert them, it looks, nobody's going to say anything. I'm not, I'm fine with them doing it. The realistic part is if you're going to do it, especially in the situation, they did it. Okay. If you're going to do it at that situation, you better convert it. Yeah. If you're going to walk up to the line and be Billy badass and say, we don't need no staking field goals. You know, you you got to get the touchdown. I have a question, Jeff. So, do you know anything about the stats on what our percentage of? Oh, uh, I can tell you. I, there's 66.7. Yeah, I was going to say it, the uh, there's an actual article here that I had, and this is how the Browns' uh, uh, fourth down calls have worked out. Oh no, wait, that's the goddamn article. I got to be a fucking subscriber for. Fuck you, Dan Lab. Fuck you, Cleveland.com. Actually, it went down. It went down. um, Yeah, because of that one. Yeah, (laughs) obviously, it went down. Here, let me see what it is now. No, it's still sit. We're at sixty-six point seven. That's right. We did convert one as well. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. So we're at sixty-six point seven. Third downs were at. That's not bad. Uh, that's that's not bad. That doesn't matter if it's not bad. It's about the ones you do not. It ain't bad. good. It ain't hey. good because we were Man, short could, three fucking points. Okay. We could be. We're we short. could be ninety nine percent. We could have been in overtime. Uh, I mean, that doesn't matter. We could be ninety nine percent on fourth downs if the one you miss is, is would equal a score, and you miss the score. That's the most detrimental, and then it it matters. Let's face it, though, as, as much as that three points had an effect on the outcome of the game, there were certainly other portions of that game just that, uh, yeah, had but you can't, as much impact on that winning. Right. I'll, I'll give you that, but here's my point. When we every we talk about those hypotheticals other days, you're, type, you're talking about hypothetically scoring. That wouldn't have been right. a hypothetical score. They literally gave up points, so it does matter more because those right. other games, you're talking about decisions where you think, oh, we definitely would have scored. Oh, we'd have done it if that. No, you were on the one. You would have got three points. Okay, like so. This is it. That's worse than any of the ones we've had this season so far. It was it is an absolute. It was egregious. We would have had those points. We would have had them. those. Would have been points. Well, let's look at these stats for the game so that we can then move on and talk about the fucking Chargers. Okay, it, it was sunny. It was so sunny that they retracted the roof at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Had that sunshine blasting down on the Brown sideline at the beginning of the game. Uh, he kicked it was 72 degrees in Georgia. <clears throat> kicked all off right. at 103. And, and all things looked really good. The Browns 
handed the ball off a total of 35 times. Again, one short of 20. Given 19 carries to Chubb and 10 carries to Hunt. Mm-hmm. All right. No, that's that's less than you should be doing. If you got two backs that can run with that quality, you oh, want to no. see yeah. minimum. You want to see minimum thirty carries, if not thirty-five. In other words, your bell cow hand. gets twenty. Your bell cow gets twenty. The other guy gets fifteen carries. Right. I mean, we're a game shy of Tomlin giving such a comment to say Chubb controlled the game, right? Ooh. To coming into the next game when we know all we got to do is jam it down these guys' throat, right? Exactly. And then we don't right. do it. And then we don't do it. Come on, man. Please smash now, mouth. The problem, the problem with the Browns uh, running the ball total of 35 times, which, by the way, included that sweep with fucking Njoku and five carries by Brissett, is that the, the Falcons ran it 35 times. Marcus, Modier, Marcus Mariota also ran five times. And then they had 10 to Algier, 10 to Huntley, 9 to Patterson, and 1 to Williams. But they their 35 carries got them 202 yards at 5.8 a carry, where we got 177 yards at 5.1. Mm. They had a long run of 42 mm. yards. Our longest run of the day was 28. 28. I'm just saying, Mariota, if you look at the stats, it doesn't even look like Atlanta should have won. Mariota, Mariota did not have oh a Oh, my God. Game. He had a 41.3 quarterback rating, guys. Yeah, we, we played. What for, in it the doesn't, world? It doesn't look. <laughs> I mean, the score doesn't look it, but we actually played Mariota very well. We held them within yeah, the he game. Was seven, of 19, 7 of 19 for 139 yards, no TDs, and a pick. So while, I mean, I get on the subject, we talk about the defense, the defense didn't look great. Our tackling could have been better for a game that we basically didn't have our defense aligned. Okay. They actually played pretty well. I, I mean, you ha- I have to go back to just imagine if we skip those three <clears throat> points right, right off the bat, how it changes the momentum of the game in general. But look at the okay? balance of the game, though. We passed the ball 35 times. Yeah. yeah, we ran 35 times, but that wasn't all with our backs. One was an ill-advised reverse, and then were, there were five quarterback runs. Okay? I mean, us not running the ball contributes to so many things. First, three points would have changed the momentum of the game. Us running the ball would have took more time in our favor Okay, that Atlanta wouldn't have had. Okay, right. I'm just saying there's too many factors to point to running the ball and taking the points that we, we were allowed would have won the game. But here's Let's look at Brissett's stat line. He was 21 of 35 for 234 yards, no TDs, and a pick for 68 as a quarterback rating. Now, here's the thing. Both him and Mariota's long pass of the day, both of them 42 yards. Wow. Okay. Yeah. David Njoku was targeted seven times, caught the ball five times for 73 yards. Donovan Peoples-Jones targeted nine times, caught the ball five times for 71 yards. Harrison Bryant targeted six times, caught four for 18. David Bell caught two. Kareem Hunt caught two. Nick Chubb caught two. Amari Cooper only targeted four times, only caught one for nine freaking yards. 
<laughs> I mean, on one hand, I like the spread there. The ball was spread. I mean, oh, yeah. You know, they're, 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 they are definitely not. You, you look at those stats, Moy, and you, and you, th- you would think, other than the score, that we should have won that game. I tell you what, I, I also like, and I like seeing the progression of Donovan Peoples-Jones. Yeah. I think he is really becoming a good receiver for us. Yeah. But now let's go look at the numbers that fucking matter. The ones that matter, guys. Total first downs, the Browns 22, the Falcons 19. Third down efficiency, the Browns were 5 for 14, 35.7. Not a good number, but they did hold the Falcons to only 3 of 9, 33.3%. So they won that battle anyway. Fourth down efficiency, the Browns were 2 for 3, 66.7%. But the one that they didn't get was the one they needed most. Right. Just saying. (laughs) The Falcons had no fourth down efficiency because they didn't go for it on fourth down. Total net yards, the Browns 403, the Falcons 333. Here's where it gets uglier, guys. Red zone efficiency, the Browns 1 for 3, 33%. Unfucking acceptable. Right. The Falcons were 2 for 4, 50%. Goal to go efficiency, the Browns were 1 for 2, 50%. The Falcons 1 for 3, 33. We won that battle. And the time of possession, well, we've already covered that. 35 minutes, 44 seconds to 24 minutes, 16 seconds. We blew that battle up, right? For all the battles that we won, the final score battle should have been won and could have been won. At the very worst, had you just taken the field goal, this game would have gone down in it as a tie. You know, when that happened, I said to myself in my head, I'm like, oh, God, I hope this doesn't come back to bite us in the ass. And it did. Yeah. Yeah. And and by the way, let's just say that you, you get that field goal and, and the game ends up at the end of regulation 23 all and you play a period of overtime and nobody scores. Right. Right. And so it ends in a tie. But at 2-1-1, one, and one, you'd be in first place all alone. Yeah. Yep. All, yep. I mean, Jesus Christ. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that, Kevin, this is all on you. Kevin, <laughs> and he admits it. He always admits it. But, dude, do something about it. But, but like, here's my... I <clears throat> like what you're saying. It's exactly what you're saying. Exactly what you're saying. He admits it and stuff. My My... Biggest problem with the freaking game, like I said again, is that now I will say this. I think we're better at it. We're obviously missing our defense, parts of our defense and stuff. We are better at it. Okay. But Atlanta plays the same game we do. Okay. Yeah. They are the probably the closest to how we play in the league right now. They play like us. They basically, we basically had ourselves beat us in this game. I- I'd we're like better to, at it at full strength, obviously. I think we're better yeah. at it in that game if we actually take the points on the board and actually control momentum and play the game. Okay. Yeah, but they basically that easily. Yeah. They basically play the same game we do. Same thing. <laughs> I'd I'd like to read something that I read uh to you, Paul. And this is Kevin. So it leads in like this. But if not for the 
two blown red zone opportunities, the Browns would have had a comfortable lead. Kevin, I'm frustrated by all of it. Stefanski said after the loss, I'm frustrated. I didn't put our guys in a position to succeed. I'm always trying to do what's best for the team. There's always opportunities to get better as a player and a coach. I'm going to fall back on our process and put our guys in a position to succeed. Um, what is that process? Well, I'm, I'm, I think what he's basically saying is I'm going to fall back. We're going to play the way we should have. I've got a little too pass heavy in that. What I'm saying is Kevin can play that way. He needs to wait till he gets his quarterback. Okay. From suspension to go doing this. Okay. If that's how he wants to, to, to play out his Browns, coaching career okay so be it that's how it's going to be but at least for the time that you do not have your star quarterback okay win the darn games the way you know you can win them and stop trying to make something out of what i mean you're getting the good performance from Brissett. use it okay to enhance upon your running game that will win you the game there's an old saying we hear it all the time and it's a card it's a card saying but you got to play the hands you're dealt. You right can't play there. the hand you'd like to have. You got to play the hand you're dealt. And right. to me, the idea that in that drive after the Atlanta Falcons rammed it down our throat, 10 fucking runs in a row, that in the ensuing seven plays, four of them were passes. Yeah. Is 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 it's that's the case in point. Incredible. I mean, right now, Kevin Stefanski is playing with an N64. Okay, he knows he's getting a PlayStation Five for Christmas. Okay, but he's already buying PlayStation Five games, trying to play them. Okay, you can't even load them. You can't even load them. He can't load them. He can't load them. Play the N64 while you got it. Okay, win the games. You got a PS5. And everybody knows if you've got an N64 and you're playing Tecmo Bowl, you run Bo Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I hardly think it's time to, you know, that Kevin, I don't, he's not on the hot seat yet. Uh, I I think he is. I think he is. I I, I don't buy that. It's too soon. It's too soon. No, but you're talking about the guy that will fire a guy in a heartbeat. You're talking about Jimmy Haslam. You know, I mean, if how many coaches has Jimmy Haslam had in the six years he's been owner of the Browns? I'm not quite sure. More than six. More than six. Look, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give Jimmy this. I'm gonna give Jimmy this. Okay, the kind of coaching that Kevin and I'm not saying Kevin is because I'm. I'm gonna repeat that. I actually think Kevin Stefanski is a good coach. Okay, I think the way he is trying to play football is gonna is gonna be heavily relying on him having a good quarterback. I mean, a good quarterback. Okay, and he may finally have that. Okay, but he needs to. He needs to play it cool till he gets there is what I'm saying. And, but he does, and, and, the point, minute, and when he gets there, he needs to find out if that's what he's got before he starts he's doing before it. Before he starts doing it. But on the subject of Jimmy, I think Jimmy is actually, this is showing how Jimmy might actually have turned a little bit of a leaf and being a little bit more patient. Because you're right, he could have already gone off and been like, okay, get this guy out of here. Okay. I'm sick I mean, of this he could have yeah. done this. I, no, I will say this. Okay. You give me another performance 
out of this defense where one or another aspect of this defense just totally fucking becomes non-existent on the field. And listen, during that 10-play drive, there was no tackling. It was like, what are they doing? That's exactly what I said when I saw it. I was like, what are y'all doing? Well, you get too many more of them. And Joe Joe Woods, Joe, I'll tell you this. Joe Woods gets fired before Kevin Stefanski, guys. You know what? Uh, Greg oh, yeah. Williams is I, in I the agree. XFL, and uh, we could maybe lure him away from the XFL, you know? Well, I, like on the subject all of this. Greg Williams ain't coming back to Cleveland, dude. Greg Just probably not. That. Probably okay. not. On the subject of all that, I think Woods would go before Kevin, okay? And even further on the subject. Oh, of yeah, Kevin, you're right. Even further on the subject that I think mm-hmm. Kevin's a pretty good coach, I do honestly feel if I think today if you put like Mahomes on the Browns, his mm-hmm. offense would work well. Okay? Oh sure, but, yeah. But, oh, yeah. But what I'm saying is he needs like it's just the kind of offense that Kevin is wanting to run. Okay, where he's doing the, the way he's doing passing, it's going to require that kind of quarterback. You can't just plan to have that. Okay, you got to know you have that. Like you're saying, you got to know you got that. And and on that subject of like, you know, because I've heard a lot of people bring that up. Well, why not just, you know, the defense was great when Greg Williams was here. Why bring him back? Dude, you don't remember what happened? He was interim head coach after after they fired Hugh Jackson. And then instead of (laughs) making him head coach, they did. They gave it to Freddie Kitchens, and Greg Williams was like, "Fuck you guys, I'm out of here," because yeah. they tried to get him to stay as DC with Freddie Kitchens as head coach, and he was like, "The fuck I will." Okay, <laughs> <laughs> the fuck I am. <laughs> and so, I mean, no, Greg Williams ain't never coming back to Cleveland, guys. I'm sorry. Okay, so just stop. Okay, it's nothing happening. But anyway, let's talk him. about let's talk about this coming game. And there's some interesting statistics here. The Los Angeles Chargers are 2-2. Two and two, and They're slated to collide with Cleveland Browns at First Energy Stadium on Sunday, October 9th at 1 p.m. In their last tilts, the Chargers defeated the Texans 34-24, and the Browns lost to the Falcons 23-20. Uh, the Chargers are three-point favorites in Cleveland. Okay. Well, that sucks. Yeah, we might drop another three points. That makes sense. <laughs> against the spread, against the spread, the Chargers are three one and zero this year. The Browns only have two wins against the spread this year. Herbert has twelve hundred fifty uh, pass yards this year, three hundred twelve point five yards a game with a sixty six point nine completion percentage, nine TDs, two picks. Brissett is 830 yards, 64.6% completion percentage, four TDs, two picks, 80 rush yards, one rushing TD, which he got this past Sunday, and a 20-yard rushing per game. <clears throat> Herbert has no rushing per game to talk about. Uh, their running back, Eckler, has 45 carries for 140 yards and 35 yards per game. Okay, a mediocre Sony Sony Michelle, uh, twenty two carries for fifty eight yards, fourteen point five yards per game. Where on the other side of that we got Chubb with 
459 yards, 5 TDs, 114.8 yards per game, 5.7 a carry. The 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 point the the yards per carry average for the two Charger running backs is low enough they don't even mention it in the betting stats, okay? So they're obviously a passing team, no doubt. <laughs> well, right. They got Williams with 258 yards on 18 receptions, 64 and a half yards a game, and two TDs. Okay? We don't got anybody that the thing we got closest to that is Amari Cooper with 20 receptions, 228 yards, two TDs at 57 yards a game. Okay? So they're definitely a passing team. Um, I, I, I'll just say this. I, you know, sprained rib cartilage, okay? That's the injury that Justin Herbert is dealing with since week two, okay? Wow. He he really looked bad in week three and probably shouldn't have played that game. He's looked a lot better against the Texans, and of course, I guess... You know, if you're a team this year, the Texans are a good way to get you to look good, okay? Because mm-hmm. while the Texans are going to try hard every game, they, in a lot of places, just don't have the talent to get it done. But let me tell you something, guys. There has got to be a pass rush. We better hope yeah. that both Clowney and Garrett are there because we need them. And then... right. All this cover three shit has to be out the fucking window. We need to be playing, man. Maybe it's a good thing that Greedy is back. Man, did I lose somebody? No, I'm here. Okay. Well, that was kind of weird. I'm not sure. Did somebody? It might have been. I sent you a picture. Oh, stop. Stop sending pictures. You're distracting me. Easy. I thought somebody got disconnected. At any rate, so uh, what's your thoughts on the Chargers game? I think it's one they have to win. It's going to be a tough game. Uh, the one plus, I think, is we have Miles Garrett back. If we can develop any sort of a good pass rush and keep him, you know, I mean, let's face it, with he's not as mobile with that kind of an injury. I don't know how much it's healing or whatever. Um, the running game isn't that great. And if if we do, if our defensive backs show up, you know, as good as they uh, did in this past game, then I, I think I think we could come out with a win. I, I, I you know, I, I, I think it's good. I think you could easily make well, it uh, 24 past, to 17. If, if past this prologue, um, the Chargers are going to be suffering from – West Coast team heading east, okay? Exactly. Um, they generally speaking, when they travel to Cleveland, the Chargers don't win, okay? Right. Um, okay. So odds on favorite, you know, I don't. you don't necessarily have to depend on the stars aligning for you here, but you got to play good fundamental sound football given your roster composition. Mm-hmm. What you think, Jeffrey? What I mean, what what do you got any predictions for the game? Uh, I, I would say this. I my my opinions on whether we win it or not, I think it I think it is within us to win it. 
um, I think we have to be pretty mistake free. Okay. They have a risky coach as well. Okay. What I will say is, even if we do not win, and I don't like using this because we better win, <laughs> but even if we do not win, okay, this has to be a really competitive game. But why? Yeah. Because this is this is basically our show. We've had an easy schedule so far, and we didn't take advantage of it. This is our show. Do we actually belong? What are we? What have we actually, as Browns fans, looked at these past four games? What have we actually seen? Because right. this is the proof of it. Okay, if we, even if we lose, if this goes down to the wire with the Chargers, we know. Okay, look, we do have something here. Okay, if we sit, we need to win this game. Honestly, winning the game will erase some of. Kevin Stefanski's controversy right now. Okay. Yes. He'll go back in the safe seat, really. He will. Okay. Um, but well, at least if okay. it's super competitive, it hey, gives that since 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 you put it on him, I'm like, hey Kevin, what do you think about the game? Okay, great challenge at home in front of our crowd, uh, versus an AFC opponent. Uh, both teams two and two. Uh, understand what's at stake, and I think the guys are uh, really understanding who this team is that we're facing because week in and week out it changes. The personnel changes, the scheme change, uh, changes week to week. So really diving in right now on this Chargers team. They're well coached, uh, very similar. We're similar, they're similar, obviously, to last year. There's some new faces in there on both sides. Uh, so you do have the tape from last season when we played them early. Uh, a lot of games in between for both sides to look at as well. I think what you start with, uh, with their defense, uh, some really good players. Uh, number one, uh, Khalil Mack, who uh, gone against quite a bit when I was at the Vikings and he was in Chicago. Uh, very, very powerful football player. We played against him last season when he was here uh, with the Bears. Uh, in the back end, just Derwin James uh, can show up anywhere. Can be the post safety, can be a half field safety, can play linebacker, can play nickel. Uh, you really have to know where he is and then uh, he's just an active football player. I think he had 16 tackles versus us uh, last season. So really good football player. Uh, multiple fronts, multiple coverages. Uh, impressive group. Uh, defense, uh, excuse me, offense. Yeah, blah, blah, yada, yada, yada. Damn it, Kevin. So <clears throat> he knows he knows who the Chargers are, it appears. Well, I mean, you know, my question is is simple, and I don't think Kevin answers this for me during this whole thing press conference although i recommend either of you definitely listen to that his october 5th press conference talking about the chargers um will any of that matter come game day when he has the card in his hand i mean you know one one would only hope that he's learned some lessons from this last game and so did you give a score prediction jeff i didn't get i didn't get to that Okay, um, go ahead. Get to it. I actually was pretty accurate, not this past game, but the game before. I got you. Yeah, yeah. You damn near nailed it. Yeah. I damn near nailed it. Um, this one, I mean, with the amount of points the Browns have been putting up, okay, I really, I, I got it in me to go high again. But I feel like, this is what I feel like. I feel like they have to come out, play that established football, okay, an established game. And I, I think it. I think we're going to be on the lower side. I think it. I think we're going to. I'm feeling something like, like a real traditional score of something like 21-14, 21-14, 21-14. Uh, 
21-17 in this game. Okay. My my personal thoughts are 28-21. Okay. I mean, that's I, I almost went there, but I kind of feel like we need our defense really needs the lock. It's hard for me to imagine and, holding the Chargers under three touchdowns yeah, with as potent as their passing game is. It's uh, yeah, I know, I know. But I feel like this is a game we can't. It's almost like we can't let it get away from us. Oh, it's going to be bad. Right, right. And so like that means ball stay. control. That means ball control. <clears throat> that means heavy doses of Chubb and Hunt. That's why I'm saying that I'm saying the score might be low because I really expect us to <clears throat> control the game. I think I expect us to come out running game and control the clock from the first drive. Control it. This is uh, not a particularly important point because I'd rather them win no matter what they're wearing, but I pretty sure they're going to be wearing the color rush uniforms in this game yes they are yeah yes they're wearing the color rush uniforms and fuck the color rush uniforms they don't like them i love them no whatever whatever the browns best uniform since stefanski has been here is brown jerseys orange pants they win in those uniforms yeah they do win when they wear the orange pants this is true this is true I have no idea why you'd want to wear those brown pants, knowing what you know. It's like, why would you want to pass on first down, Kevin? Why? Knowing what you know. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, you know, I don't know. I'd love to get inside his head. Like, I wouldn't. I think it's a very confused place. I think it's a very- he calls 100% of those plays. That's all him. He says, I go to the guys upstairs and I listen. So where's the breakdown? A breakdown in communication, what the guys are seeing on the field and relaying it wrong. No, it's a breakdown it's between the ears. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, on a, on another lighter note here, I am sitting here also watching the Cavs game. Uh-huh. Nice. Everybody nice. has not played yet. I haven't seen Mobley and stuff, but we have that. We're playing the Sixers. We're playing the Sixers, and we have that feel of being stacked, and we haven't even seen everybody play. Feels wow. good. That's they, good. They, He's they, injured. They feel good. Oh, yeah, Mobley's, Mobley's injuries. Mobley's yeah. injuries. I did not know yeah. that. Yeah, he's got an ankle item, if I'm not mistaken. Um, season start, or they're looking for him to miss it. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know how long or what. I didn't read into it. I just heard. Okay, gotcha. So that's why I didn't see him at all. But we still, we got that aura of feeling of being stacked right now. Just yeah, being buddy. out there and seeing the way they're playing and how they're handling themselves. And we got that feel. Like, it's been not- a long time to, since we've had a team. And it's like, it feels like, oh, we're, we're stacked. And the Guardians are going to the playoffs. Yeah, so anyway, to your point about the color rush uniforms, Hugh. <clears throat> one a uniform that we haven't seen in a while is the team's color rush uniform combination. The all-brown version of the uniform has some fans who love it and other fans who describe it as something that looks like fecal matter. Oh my God. Whatever. Love it or hate it, it looks like we'll see them on Sunday. I'm in the I like fecal better. matter camp. I liked it better when they had the stripes on the sleeves and the pants, not just the pants. Well, 
No, they don't have stripes anywhere on this. This is color rush. This is all solid brown, guys. Okay. Yes, yeah, they need the stripes on the pants and no, or the sleeves. No, no, but that's not what this is. That's, that's not fucked up. That's not what this is. This is the yeah, like color rush. It is all brown. There are no stripes any freaking wear. Yeah, the 2020 uh, color rush was much better. Stripes. Well, that wasn't color rush, though. That was just an all brown uniform. It's not the color rush. The color rush is an all one color uniform. Okay. Understand the term. Oh, I get it. Understand the term. Understand. Well, then they should have gone all orange with brown stripes. I mean, no. No stripes. Okay. If it were a color rush uniform and it was orange, it would just be all orange. Okay. Please. With with what? Brown numbers? No or stripes. White? No stripes. Just I, numbers. No, I'm talking about numbers. No, so would you go white or brown on that? I have no idea, and I don't care. I never want to see that. I will say this. <laughs> I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Do I not like the color rush? I actually don't think they look that bad. Okay? I understand some people's hate for it. Well, I'll take it. I'll take I'll take color rush brown over the fucking (laughs) all orange shit. I don't never I never want to see that. You want to see them out there? (laughs) Well, I mean, I think it would be a great spectacle if we went color rush and we played Seattle's color rush. Yeah, lime green. Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah. Got bright orange versus lime green, and it just you won't miss a thing. You know what I really hated was the Bengals color rush. Yeah, didn't it? Okay. It looked terrible, man. It looked like somebody turned the color off on the TV. What's wrong here? Cincinnati Zebras, dude. Yeah, Yeah, that's what it looked like, the Cincinnati Zebras. Hey, It's a weird-looking thing. It's a weird-looking thing. Really? Yeah, that was not... that, That was not... That was not good. Albino Tigers. I mean, now I actually have the dream of seeing all orange color rush for Seattle. The year we play Seattle, we need to change the color rush. All <laughs> that just, just for that reason. Just because it's going to hurt everybody's eyes? Every, and nobody <laughs> will miss anything in that game. Yeah. You, no one will miss a well, thing. You definitely You'll won't, you won't confuse happening. your team with the other team. That's right. for sure. <laughs> right. Well, guys... <laughs> It's been fun, but we're not going to stay at this all night. We're we're at our hour mark, and it's time to get the heck on out of here and get ready, get ourselves ready mentally and spiritually for this game on Sunday against the San Diego Chargers in which which we, we really need to win this game. Um, that's I'm right. I'm getting ready spiritually. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's it. That's it. So... <laughs> You know, having said that, guys, let's go ahead and and walk on out the door. And so you've been listening to TBF, a Browns fans podcast, where we get together every week during the regular season anyway, and talk about the most recent game that the Browns have either won or lost. And certainly moods and attitudes and things we say are influenced by the outcome of the previous game. So probably a lot more aw shits and fuck knows that happened during this podcast. But let's hope for a better, more praise for the Browns and Kevin Stefanski and his his innovative coaching techniques that we'll praise after our victory 
over the visiting Los Angeles Chargers. Right, right. That's what we're gonna right. do. We're gonna beat the visiting Los Angeles Chargers. No doubt. No, no doubt. doubt. So until that time, in the meantime, the in-between time, until it's that time, this is Fall, Jeff, and Hugh for TBF, a Browns fans podcast saying, we're out. This has been a Basement Tapes production. Yeah.